0: Good afternoon boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out once again the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing and we will get right into our weekend of boxing. A very good morning out there for boxing fans out the world. We had some fights wrap up over the Last couple of days, I really hate fights that don't happen like the D2. It's fine. It's it's worldwide. This is um Japan for the most part. And I'm gonna talk about those results, then we'll get into our schedule here this weekend. The big news, of course, was Tension Nasakawa. The and I wanna be clear, when I give this guy his credit, I'm giving him credit because he's one of the best kickboxers in the world. Okay, so let's just put that at the top. However, he made his boxing debut very, very recently. I, I would consider it a very amazing debut. It was a lot of a lot of show, a lot of flash. It was clear that somebody told him, okay, you need to make a you need to make a, a big hit when you come out. So he makes his debut it's on ESPN Plus, And he fights the guy, Yoshino, I believe is the last, I believe is the last name. But here's the thing. Tension looked amazing in this fight, and if you get a chance, uh, top rank the Twitter account posted some highlights of it. But if you get a chance to see the fight, you need to check the dude out because he was uh, looking amazing. His opponent seemed like he was trying, but not skill-wise anywhere close to what Tension was doing. And you could tell, it, like if you watch Tension's, like his stance, his throw, his move, what he would do is ever slight pivots, ever slight rotates, and then he would land a counter shot off center so that like it was one shot. He just landed a beautiful left, just crossover, straight on the chin. But he was effortless with it. Like he wasn't even worried. He was comfortable in there, and you could tell his kickboxing has helped him with his movement. But you can see hints of at least hints of Manny Pacquiao in the way that he, the movement and shot, right, that where he moves and shots, and then some of his flurrying. You can see hints of Manny Pacquiao in his fight style. But then you can also see that it's obvious Floyd at least talked to him about defense because the way he was guarding when he did need to, which wasn't often, the way he was guarding, hints of Floyd Mayweather in the, I'm going to say roughly about the, maybe the Charmé-Mitchell era. Like he, it seemed like he blended a lot of different things that he's learned. And he he's clearly a, a student of the game because he, it was an amazing debut. I let's see more of him. We don't know yet if the opponent, Alaska was his last name, I believe. Um, we don't know if the opponent really was was caliber. I didn't know anything about the opponent at all. But visually, I think he, you know, Tinch made an amazing debut. Definitely check that out if you get a chance to. The other piece, very, very recently in Showbox, Brian Flores, he gets uh, he gets dropped. I didn't know uh, he was fighting this weekend. Gets dropped, gets up, beats his opponent. Um, there, there was a little bit of controversy about him getting that win, but... Um, For what I could tell from the aftermath, it was fair and it was, you know, it was it was a knockdown, legit. But he he hard he worked hard. He busted his ass to try to get that win over there. Guido Schramm got a very controversial decision, I think, against Jahia Brown. Now the reason it was controversial only is because one judge had it a draw, and most people felt like, no, what the hell, dude? <laughs> there was no draw here. Shram easily outboxed the dude. That's the controversy I'm talking about. Is It's like the C.J. Ross situation, you know, one judge that sees a draw and nobody else sees it. That's what that was. Shram was working hard this whole fight, the whole damn fight. Um, Shram was working hard, and I think that high-level activity won over some of the judges. He certainly clearly, in my opinion, won about five of the rounds, and then, again, the draw just kind of broke the momentum. Raul Garcia gets a close, like there's a lot of close decisions on this whole show box thing. And you got to start wondering, it's like, come on, man, what the heck's going on? Uh, Raul Garcia gets a against Robert Terry. This one didn't seem like it was too controversial. It seemed like a really close fight. Both guys going after it. And most just felt like, okay, he did, you know, it is what it is. But the the challenge in this one is that the, uh, again, we had one judge, one judge, it did a draw, a split draw situation. So it ended as a split draw, but I'm saying that Garcia, from what I saw, Garcia should have got a hand raised and he didn't thanks to a sketchy judging. So that's show, time doing what Showtime does. It's a little bit unfortunate. Uh, the last one I'll talk about is uh, Takuma Inouye. He made, he got a unanimous decision. Uh, with Laborio Solis got the Bantamweight title at WBA it was not close. Um, I think it, it, Takuma Inouye was, dominant well dominant i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say that Solis was not trying he was he was just completely outclassed so that that's our results i saw there probably were some other ones out there let's get into our schedule top fight that i think everybody's looking forward to or curious about on espn and sky sports in the uk 12 rounds of lightweight is of course shakur stevenson and he's fighting (laughs) shuichio Yorsino. i am I am aware of both guys, and obviously Stevenson's a clear A side on this fight. Stevenson is a quality fighter, Stevenson's caliber fighter, but Stevenson has limited power, but his boxing skill is bar none. But I want people to understand, Yoshino is, he's not, in terms of his skill, he is not a soft touch. Yoshino is going to bring it. Yoshino's going to try. Yoshino's going to fight hard. Yoshino's going to come. I expect him to. Now, here's the thing. If Shakur is as good as we think he might be, based on his past showings, if he's able to shut Yoshino down and either make him tentative or make him not try or make him not go out, that's going to put Stevenson up there in the in the rankings for me, because Yoshino is one that I I feel like he should not turn over and just lay down. The only thing I think I I see that plays strong favor for Shakur other than, uh, you know, obviously Shakur's got the pedigree, the background but is the age. Yoshino is older. He's in his 30s. Stevenson, Stevenson's still in his prime. He's actually at the base of his prime, I would say. He's only 25 years old, so age may play a factor. Other than that, you know, Stevenson has the pedigree. He has the experience in rounds in the books. Yoshino, again, is not; he's not a soft touch and should not be overlooked unless, you know, something Stevenson does shuts Yoshino down and causes him to go tentative and, and abandon a game plan. I hope not because I want to see Yoshino really go all out like he has done in his past. I want to see him give all just so get Let me give you a history on this dude, right? So his most recent fight, this was back in November. He fought Masayoshi Nakatani, knocked him out in six rounds. Nakatani, of course, is the dude that caused Tiafimo Lopez to struggle and somewhat got exposed. And then, you know, <laughs> Yoshino goes in there and gets it done. That was a, that was an amazing win. And it's what earned him this fight against Shakur I'm telling you right now that Yoshino is not, he's not, if he goes all out and does what he should do, he should be a good test for Shakur. That's what I'm saying. I'm not telling you that Shakur is not gonna win because I think very highly of Shakur. I rate him very high. I'm saying this is a good test for Shakur because Yoshino is, at least normally, he's gonna come to bring it. He doesn't have a lot of people like high ranked names that he's fought. Nakatani was the biggest name that he fought. Masayoshi Iko was another one that he fought prior to Nakatani that one I think got a, a technical draw I think so I think it was a, a headbutt or something he got the decision did uh, Yoshino but it wasn't like it wasn't like the dominant of Nakatani uh, so my my stance here my and I don't want to call it a prediction but my stance here is that I expect Yoshino to test Shakur unless Shakur can do something that shuts down Yoshino's game plan sends him tentative, and he abandons it, and then Shakur, it's a masterclass. To me, it's one of those two. Either Shakur goes out there and showcases why he's one of the best, despite a guy out here who's dangerous, or Yoshino goes out there and is a strong test for Shakur and either gets a win, which I think is unlikely but possible, or Yoshino's enough of a test that he makes Shakur look you know, vulnerable. He's able to expose holes in the game. So far, nobody's been able to truly expose Holes in Shakur Stevenson's game, in my opinion, every win has been a knockout or unanimous. Or, you know, he had a one technical decision but for a headbutt, but every other win has been a dominant win for Shakur Stevenson. Nobody has been able to crack the ice that is Shakur. I don't care if it's a consequial I don't care if it's Oscar Valdez, I don't care if it's Jamel Herring. Nobody has been able to expose Shakur. So either Shakur's that dude or he just hasn't met his maker yet. And I want to see if Yoshino can be that guy. This is going to be an exciting one for me because, again, I want to see Shakur tested. I've always wanted to see him tested to know, is he legitimately what we think he is? Or is it he just hadn't met the right person that would test him? And last, I'll call out, Yoshino has a 75% knockout ratio. When he was going in there, like I said, he's he'll get you out of there. He works to get you out of there either by a stoppage or a knockout. However, most of the people that he took out had lesser records. The only one that had really good record was Nakatani, who only had two losses. Um, Nakazato, who had just one loss, you know, you know, so he's got a couple in there that had low losses, but like half of his knockouts had, you know, losses over six. So I still think highly of Shakur and I think highly of Yoshino. And I want to see how this fight goes because I think it's a good test for both guys, arguably. The other big fight happening here. This is on the zone in both U.S. and U.K. Twelve rounds at flyweight is Bam Rodriguez. Jesse Bam Rodriguez making his return. Now this one is an intriguing fight. He's going to be going against Christian Gonzalez. This is out in Antonio, by the way, San Antonio at the Boeing Center Port Center Tech Port. Sorry. This one's gonna. This one's interesting. So Bam Rodriguez, of course, has been on a major tear. Um, he was able to take out guys that I didn't think he was going to be able to. Um, in reasonably easy fashion of the, of the Kings, the former Kings of the division, he was able to get them out of there, deal with it um, in impressive style. Bam Rodriguez is a solid fighter. Bam Rodriguez is a, he's a danger. He's a threat. (laughs) And Gonzalez is older. He's 32. Bam is only 23. That's going to play in a strong factor. I think you're going to see in my opinion that, you know, you know, he gets just completely blitzed and taken out. That's my theory because, that's what Bam seems to be able to do to guys. He did it to Gonzalez. He did it to Rungvijay, which surprised me. And he did it to uh, Carlos Quadras very recently. So me, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised here. And the only thing that bothered me about Bam was he didn't, he didn't, he ducked the smoke with uh, chocolate Tito. Cause I think that should have been next. Um, and he didn't want to fight Estrada. So I I want to see, you know, take out the rest of the four Kings to see what's going on there. Meanwhile, On the other side, Gonzalez only has the one loss. And I don't think that I, it's not that he's on a decline. That's not fair, but I don't think that Gonzalez is going to present much of a threat. You know, it's not like he's a bomb. He's not, he's got basically the same experience that Bam has. He's got the same, roughly same number of fights ish. But I just think that age may play in a factor. Certainly. I just think that for whatever reason, um, Gonzalez is not going to be, he's not going to be very much of a threat. That's my opinion. So I expect band to really take him out in quick fashion, just speed, too much speed, too much for Gonzalez and another still to win. And, you know, Gonzalez is rated number two by the WBO, so it's not like he's a bum. But I think there's levels to it, and that's going to be on display, is my opinion. Uh, the return of Miradon, I believe it's Mirajan, uh, Ahmedalia versus Marlon Topless. I don't know either guy. Um, I know Ahmedalia is undefeated. I don't know either guy very much. I know that uh, Taples, it's Taples, I'm pretty sure, Tapalese is older, both are South southpaws, Tapalese has significantly more experience, Tapalese is a warrior, this is super band weight action, also on the zone, I suspect, not knowing much about either guy, but I suspect, and this is a unification, I suspect that this is going to be a really good fight to watch for however long it lasts, my gut tells me that these guys are going to go out there and try to prove something. And you'll see a, a bit of a war breakout, probably not too much of a slugfest, but a bit of a war breakout is my guess on that one. I don't know how to call it because Akhmedalia is expected to win this one, but uh based on just pedigree has a shot. He has a shot in it. Um, he's not too much older than Akhmedalia. So I don't know how to call that one. I think it's going to be a good fight though, for however long it lasts is my guess. Most believe that Ahmedalia is going to take him out. Um, they just don't know how. <laughs> I think it's either, it's either he, he's going to walk right through him. That's the expectation. But as we saw with the bully Beck, Tamir, and Gabe Rosado, you can't necessarily say that's the case. So I can't, I'm not going to call this one. It's one of those just sit back and enjoy type of fights. And then uh, we got Raymond Ford fighting Jesse Magdaleno. Of course, I'm very familiar with Jesse Magdaleno, legend in the business. Um, I don't know much about Ford. Um, both, you know, Ford is the young guy up and coming. They're both southpaws. Um, obviously Magdalena has significantly more experience than Ford does. They strike me both as, you know, boxers. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a war breakout on this one. He thinks now that this is his, uh, Ford. I say he thinks that it's his opportunity to get a breakout win over a legend. And so I call him a legend. I don't care what you say. And he might, uh, he's expected to easily win this fight. I don't think it will be easy for him. I think that Magdalena is going to make him work for it. Do I think that Ford wins Based on what I've seen of what little I've seen of Ford, I suspect that again, is gonna make it really hard. He's gonna make it he's gonna make him work for it, but I think that Ford's gonna get a W. Not because I don't think highly of Magdaleno, just that I think Ford might be the age will play in factor. Number one, number two, um, the layoffs. I think the layoff might play uh worse on Magdaleno because of age uh versus Ford. So time will tell on that one. 10 rounds of featherweight, that is. The other fight is Thomas Matisse fighting Ramiro Sassana. San Antone, Boeing Center Techport, by the way. Don't know anything about either guy. Um, I, I've been, I did watch a little bit of Matisse. He strikes me as unmotivated. Um, I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's something of his past history, whatever. Just on the numbers, you know, Matisse has more experience. Matisse is a, he should be. A dominant fighter. He should go out here and get this done in easy fashion. He should not have significant problems. And I think he tried to rebuild when he fought against uh Christian Tapia. He he went and he was trying really hard on uh Christian Tapia. Got that decision got that decision that was really good. Prior to that, he had he had gotten some upset wins, he had gotten some wins he wasn't supposed to do. And so he's been on a streak of wins, certainly. And just again. It seems like he doesn't. It seems like with certain guys, he just doesn't go all out like he should, and then other guys, he does. So he may be in the rebuild mode. He's been very active to his credit. He's been very active. He's. It looks like he's trying to get back what he had lost <laughs> um, from the prior years when he was when he was on those um, losses that I don't think he should have lost a couple. So uh, age will play into factor on this fight, only because Sessana is certainly the. Um, younger fighter by far, by far and away, lesser experienced. I, I know very nothing about Susana. Um I don't know if, I know from numbers that this should be, an it should be a 50-50 fight, but age always plays, it always plays. So my guess is Susana deals with Matisse. My guess is Susana gets possibly a stoppage on Matisse. And that's not dinging on Matisse. But I think there's enough in the factors where I would expect it from Sasena of what little I have seen so far. I can get that way off wrong. Most out there feel that Matisse is going to deal with Sasena with ease. I just personally don't see it easy. Even if he does win, like Matisse could win because it's experience certainly. But I just, I see that if he does, I see that Sasena is enough of a tough dog that it's not going to be that walk for Matisse. That's my point. And I think people are only rating Matisse because of his background pedigree history, you know, And they're not looking at the other factors that play into trying to decide fights, age being number one, age of the fighter. Um, Matisse has the reach advantage, certainly, but because they're both orthodox and Sassena is dominant in his own right. I don't want to just say he easily deals with um, Sassena. I'm not going to say that. I'm leaning Sassena in this one. Only because, again, I think those unmentionable, you know, the age factor and other things might play on Matisse. We have to see if Cesena does pull it out. It's a huge upset because Matisse should win the fight. That's, I guess, that's really my prediction there. So I'm, I'm cheering for him absolutely. Uh, Israel Madrimov fighting Raphael Igwak. I know nothing about either guy. This is on the undercard, by the way. I know nothing about the guy. Ten rounds of middleweight action on the zone. What I do know is Igwe recently got stopped or quit on the stool. I believe it was his most recent fight. He quit on the stool. Uh, Age is roughly a thing. Igwe is a Southpaw. Madrimal, of course, is undefeated. He most recently had a a draw. I think it was all headbutts in his most recent fight. Most people believe that Madrimal is going to lose this fight, and I, I was shocked at that because, to me, on the numbers, just on the numbers alone, Madrimal should easily take Igwe out in short order. The Southpaw is the only factor here that I think plays in Igwe's favor. I I feel like Madrimal should easily deal with this dude in less than seven rounds. <laughs> and I'm not dinging on, you know, either. It's just, to me, on the numbers, Madrimal should easily deal with this dude. Others feel like Igwe wins it. I don't know why, because, again, he's fresh off quitting on the stool. Like, that messes with your head. That's that. He's got three losses. He's slightly older, not greatly older. He's slightly older. He doesn't have the power to have Majumov's respect. Like, I don't see any factors in Igwe's favor. I see Majumov easily dealing with this dude. That's my call. I'm going to stick with it. And let's see what happens. Let's wrap up with some uh, late breaking, not breaking, but some later uh, results. Kiko Martinez took a loss. Uh, Rhea Ab, he fought uh, on ESPN+. Plus. I was on the undercard um, just with the tension uh Nusikawa fight. So um, I feel bad for Kiko Martinez, but you know he's he's up there, he's older. And he's a warrior. He fought. Uh he fought as hard as he could. Um Taraji got a stoppage. Kinshiro Taraji got a stoppage over Olasqua. Um so and then uh in uh, Inui, Takuma Inui uh he got the win over Laborio Solis. Uh Sasaki got a stoppage over Ibarra. So we're we're seeing some results flow in even as I record this. And then the other fight that's gonna happen and this is my last update. Um, the big the other big one, I, I consider it a big one, even though it's not as big as Shakur. This is on Showtime Proper, Dignity Hill Sports Park out in Carson. 12 rounds, super Welterweight. Uh Sebastian, not Sebastian, yeah, Sebastian Fandora. Sorry. I got my Fandora's mixed up. Sebastian Fandora uh fighting Brian Mendoza. Fandora, of course, is the very tall, lanky, uh, unreasonably tall guy that can make 147 and nobody believes. He currently campaigns at 154, and I I think even that's kind of low for him. But he's at 154, um, has been dominant on a tear, as has his sister. Uh, Brian Mendoza, of course, is a vet of the game. He's been in a long time. But interestingly enough, Fandora has more rounds in the books than Mendoza. Mendoza, though, is a tough fighter. I don't think he's going to be able to deal, frankly, with uh, Fandora size is my opinion I think that I don't see it I don't see that he's going to be able to manage it Because Fandora. Now there's times when Fandora doesn't use his height advantage And reach advantage In this fight I think he's going to do it I think he's going to just easily get it But the key to getting Fandora's out of there Is to beat the body And I don't know that Brian Mendoza is going to be able to do that I suspect that Fandora wins this Possibly by stoppage or quit In the quarter is my opinion And that's not digging on Brian I just think that Pandora's a little bit too much for him. Uh, the undercard has Brandon Lee. Uh, he's fighting Compa. And then Nunez and Olivo. So I think it's a very slim undercard compared to what we just saw with uh, the other fights I just broke down. That's our weekend. And then just a couple of notes, if you didn't uh, know. Mile High Mike Alvarado recently signed up to debut in Bare Knuckle Boxing. And I, I was saying that you know, if there was going to be another fight to be made, it was going to be Crawford versus Mike Alvarado just because that was the pattern. And apparently that did happen. Mike, Mike's been out of the ring a long time. So he may either be money or he just gets that itch to fight. But Mike Alvarado's apparently going to be in bare knuckle. Austin, no doubt, Trout's been over there making waves. So if you're into bare knuckle, I do recommend checking all that out. And that's going to do it for my updates here today. I'm definitely going to try to check out the Shakur fight for sure. I think that's going to be a real good one to watch. That's going to do it for this Week's episode of Combat Talk Radio, Masterpiece Boxing, found at combattalkradio.net. I want to thank you for listening today, whether you are a subscriber or not. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you for being here. Just to remind those that are new to the show, Combat Talk Radio records every Friday, so once a week in the Pacific time zone. And then Lifeblood of Boxing series, which is our coverage of the boxers, I think are worth your time and give to the sport That's once per month. It does not have a fixed schedule, but once a month, I'll have a release until I run out of ones that I think are worth covering for Lifeblooded Boxing. So those are our two programs. It is podcast only at this point. We want to hear from you. So combattalkradio.net at the bottom, hit comments, feedback, let us know how we're doing. If there's anything that you'd like to see us adjust or improve, we want to hear from you and we are open to that feedback. We also are open to starting up the YouTube again, but it seemed like that died off when Lomachenko took a loss and we don't know why. So if somebody knows why or they'd like to hear the YouTube coverage, let us know that as well in the comments and we are open to doing it. We just need to make sure the fans are there. Right now they're on the podcast, not on the YouTube for whatever reason specific. We're open either way. Anyhow, that'll do it and I will see you guys next week.